Hello, and welcome to Younger Dumb. We have another guest today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Rose, and I am an educational coach, and I work in a preschool setting. Welcome to Younger Dumb. My name's Marianna, and I'm interested in learning a variety of topics, but the thing is, I'm not much of a reader. Join me as I interview a mix of people in different careers or topics to see if I'm just new to adulting and haven't learned this stuff yet, or if I should have known this information already. Perfect, thank you. Why don't you go ahead and tell us your job responsibilities? Uh, I'm in charge of training the new staff. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I'm working on my eye contact. Go ahead. So what is your... job responsibilities I am in charge of training the new staff and um, buying equipment for the classrooms buying supplies for the teachers if they need help with any of the children's behaviors guidance curriculum ideas anything that the staff need I help them I set up conferences I set up trainings year-round trainings for the staff um, and then just miscellaneous things that what's needed in the preschool. When you say conferences, parent-teacher conferences. Yes. So you're scheduling what time the parents come? I schedule the times, and we, we do it all electronically. So I schedule... They don't come in person? No. We're, we, before COVID, they used to be in person way back in the day. They used to be in person. But since COVID, a lot of child care centers have gone to zooms and i would imagine even the public schools did maybe for a while there too but mm -hmm. and they just haven't gotten away from it because it is a, an easier thing just setting up a zoom so we i set up a google a google calendar and the parents sign up for their one-on-one -on -one meeting with the teacher and then i make sure that the teachers are scheduled out of classes and they have their 15-minute conference with the parents so it's during their work day yeah, it's usually done during nap time. They meet with all the parents. How many kids do they have in each classroom? No, the parents don't aren't required to do it. So if a classroom has twenty kids, we'll put up. This, we tell them that they're more than welcome to do it. Mm -hmm. All twenty may not want one, so it's ever whoever wants it. Ooh. Okay. What job requirements did you need to have to get your position? I have an associate's degree in early childhood education with a certificate in administration, so that makes me director qualified. Probably to be in this position, you would definitely have to be a lead teacher, which would be an associate's degree, mm -hmm. and probably just experience. I have over 20 some years worth of experience working with children. Crazy. Old. I know. Yeah, I realize <laughs> that. It makes you, it's not a good thing when you say it out loud. <laughs> Okay, so how much time a day would you say you're spending, or not a day, a week, with actual kids? Like with the kids? Um, very minimum for me, because I am a part of the leadership team, so I am more management. So I'll be in the classroom, 
but I may not necessarily be with the kids. Like I could be observing or I could be checking the curriculum components and stuff like that. My actual, I mean, every time I go into a classroom, I talk to the kids and I speak with the kids and I'll joke around with the kids, but it's never really like, I mean, it just depends if we're staffed that day or not. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if we're low staffed, if teachers call out and I have to replace them, it could be, but on a given week, I may only be, it's very minimal. So you're mostly interacting with teachers? Yeah. Again, every time I go into a classroom, I'm talking to kids and I'm watching kids and interacting with kids, but I'm technically not in charge, in charge of kids. I do a bus run every day, twice a day, that I, again, am responsible for the kids. What, not what, how often are you like training teachers throughout the week? Like, is there that much stuff that needs to be trained? I, it's not so much during the week. On a new staff, when we onboard our new staff, they have a whole week of training. Um, the existing staff, it's just kind of like fine tuning. Um, so when they, you're observing? When I'm observing, or if I notice that they may not be, they're inter not so much that their interactions may not be right, but maybe they just need help with the curriculum, you know, explaining the curriculum or, or showing the kids how to use the curriculum or the way our particular company wants them to do it. So that could be the little things, like again, just more or less the fine tuning. Mm -hmm. But everybody who works in childcare is responsible for, I wanna say 16 to 18 hours of Continuing mandatory training. training each year. And we offer trainings, we shut down, and we train our staff one day out of the year. And then throughout the year, at our monthly staff meetings, we do little mini trainings. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's a monthly tr small training, there's one big large training a year, and then I personally send out um, a newsletter every week-ish, if not every two weeks, just again, giving them some pointers and tips and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And while I'm in a classroom, I will, I'll show them, hey, you know what, you just did it this way, but you know, you could do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Or I'll show them by actually going up to the kids and show them. So mm -hmm. if two kids are fighting or whatever, two kids are fighting over a toy, I'll go up to the kids and I'll work out the conference <laughs> with you know, the conflict with them and show the teacher, hey, you could do it this way. Okay. How would, how much time would you say you're spending with each individual teacher? <clears throat> um, I'm in the classrooms a couple times a day, every day. Um, I try to observe a, every classroom for sure one, no, I should say twice a month, twice a month. So for sure every week I'm in the classrooms watching and observing, but just throughout the day, if a teacher needs something, they call me to come and get it for them. How so, many teachers or classrooms do you have? There's 11 classrooms and we have just under 30 staff. So it's, I'm in the classrooms a lot. Mm -hmm. And again, certain days of the week, I, that's how I break up my week. Like two or three days out of the week, I try to go into the classroom and spend like all morning. Like, so it could be like a half hour in this classroom, a half hour in this classroom, a half hour in this classroom. And then the other couple of days of the week, I try and be up in the office getting all my paperwork done. Mm -hmm. So you would say it's equal with how much time you're spending in the office and in the classroom? 
I try to be in the classroom more, but it's probably equal. What kind of paperwork do you do? Um, well, I am in charge of inventorying all the classrooms. I'm in charge of, again, just like miscellaneous things, like um, if we have a corporation visit and they're coming for the educational component, I'm in charge of that. If there's, right now I'm getting ready for summer camp, and so I'm planning activities for the kids to do in the summer, and they're, not their curriculum, because we have a curriculum, but like their extra activities. Mm -hmm. And I still, um, I have to do monthly checks of our curriculum components. And again, just emailing, I do a parent newsletter. I'll have to um, buy materials for the classrooms. So all those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then just in general, you know, we all answer the phones, we'll all answer whatever teachers needs and stuff like that. When you're budgeting for like classroom supplies, do you have a set budget? So if like a teacher asks you for something and it's over the budget, you say no, or you can just say yes to whatever they want as long as it's justified. It depends on what it is. If something breaks in their room, if they're, they have a dollhouse and the dollhouse breaks, then I go to our, to the boss, like our center director and I verify, um, that thing went off. And I verify that I can purchase it. Throughout the year, um, we'll do big purchases. So if something breaks, we do like to replace it. But if it, like one truck breaks, well, they still already have like four or five other trucks in the room. Mm -hmm. One truck's not going to make a difference. Um, then there's little things that they'll ask for, like we're going to be getting ready for Mother's Day soon. So all the classrooms are going to make gifts for their parents. Or a teacher may be, you know, may want to make, you know, some kind of foam. She, they may want to play with something extra and sensory. Maybe they'll want to play with Play-Doh. Maybe they'll want to play with Silly Dough or whatever. So they may ask me for those things. And as long as it's not a crazy amount of money, then, yeah, I just kind of purchase it for them. And then I also buy just the normal stuff like crayons and markers and paper and craft supplies, all that stuff they just naturally go through relatively fast because it's, they're supposed to, they're supposed yeah. to be doing crafts. So whatever we need, we just, we need, because they need to continue doing art with the kids. You said you're planning summer camp. What does that look like? Why is it different than normal school year stuff? Well, right, we, we're a preschool program and we do before and after school. So we bus children to their grade school. So in the summertime, we have what we call a summer camp. And so those school-agers, again, because we're governed by a licensing, by the Illinois licensing regulations, um, the state, those kids are allowed to leave the building to go on field trips. So to make it fun, it's a summer camp, we take them on a field trip a week, or someone will come in and we'll do what we call an in-house field trip. So some, those are the doing fun things. Mm -hmm. We have water days. We'll have different crafts and different activities for them to do. So I'm making them like games to play or we'll do extra fun crafts or we'll do like word searches, whatever little fun activity goes along with their theme of the week. And they'll go on field trips, you know, hopefully once a week or somebody will come in to do an in-house field trip. So during the school year, you don't plan the curriculum, but during the summer you do. I don't necessarily plan the curriculum, I enhance the curriculum. I take the curriculum and I kind of build some more to it. 
but we have a set curriculum that is used for our corporation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I just add to it. What are you adding to it? I'll add art projects to it, or I'll add, again, field trips to it, or I'll add, you know, like, I think one of our themes is, um, like, not necessarily, oh, blast off. So we're going to be talking about constellations, so we're going to get, like, you know, pretzels, stick pretzels and little marshmallows, and they're going to build a constellation, and then they're going to eat it. Just little fun stuff like that. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Back... <laughs> Back to the training of the teachers. So you said that they train for a week before they, like, get put in with the kids. Is that, what is that training like? Is it online? Is it shadowing? Is it hands-on? It's both. Um, what we prefer is before the employees start, we have a computer online training system. And it goes over our program's some licensing things, you know, how to properly change a diaper, how to properly bleach things, how to properly clean. Um, and we like them to have all that before they start. Mm -hmm. Then when they start with us, um, it's a joint. It's the assistant director and myself train them. I train them on the curriculum part, what they're actually going to be doing in the classroom, where the assistant director is going to be training them on procedures and licensing things. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a Usually that's just a day. And then we do have some time in the classroom where they'll, we do like them to do shadowing and then working with somebody so they can learn the way. And then they'll start, <clears throat> once all that is complete, then they can start in the classroom. When you get people who wanna work for you, you run background checks? Yes, it's a licensing requirement. What are the other requirements? Um, we, everybody has to be background checked. Everybody has to have a physical. Everybody has to um, have either a high school diploma to be to work in the field. So an assistant teacher is going to have a high school diploma. An elite teacher is going to have either the um, associate's degree or what we call a CDA. And a CDA is a certificate that they can earn online to make them teacher qualified. Hmm. So they have to be 18 years of age high school graduate or an associate's degree. Everybody has to get a physical. Everybody has to be up, um, have a certain physical? shots. They have to, have to have a physical. They have to have certain shots. They have to have like a TB. Like a physical showing that they're like active or like help. Like a physical is when they like hit your knee with that thing. And yeah, they... reflex. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they have to get a physical. You have to be, I guess, generally healthy. This is the licensing requirement, not a company requirement so everybody in the state of illinois who works in a child care facility has to have a current physical when did you get physical but when i started with this job the physical had to be within the first three months so i had to get a physical when i started yes <clears throat> i did and i had to get shots and it hurt <laughs> so. i didn't see a reflex <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. have reflexes, I, and then you have to get background checked. I figured the background check, but the physical, I guess, is kind of surprising. I don't really know why, but yes. Um, then when you're working in a facility, somebody in the building has to be um, first aid and CP. At somebody through, from open to close, at some point in there, there always has to be somebody in the building who is CPR trained and first aid trained. Mm -hmm. 
then once you also get the job, there's a food handling certificate that you have to get. There is a shaken baby syndrome certificate why, that you have to take. Why the food handling one? Because we're serving food to the kids. And they're just like goldfish? <clears throat> no, we provide breakfast, snack, lunch, and snack. Don't you have a cook for that? We do, but we're physically giving it to the children. So we have to have a small certificate in food handling. We have to have a certificate that we've passed the shaken baby syndrome certi- um, class and the SIDS class. Shaking baby, what is that? Shaken baby syndrome. Uh-huh. Um, if, you, if you are frustrated with a child because they're crying and you shake them, you can disable them. It's actually not funny at all because you can kill a child by shaking them too much. So it teaches you not to shake the baby because you can hurt a baby by shaking them. That's crazy that it's happened so many times that there needs to be like a class. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Parents should have to take that class. It's not a class. It's a, it's a it's an online video that you basically watch and then you take a test to how, verify. How long is the video? Oh, I don't remember that. It wasn't very long. Mm. I might be less than an hour. It wasn't long. Uh, <clears throat> and then you take. You get a certificate stating that you've passed that, and then the SIDS also, sudden oh. inter, sudden infant death syndrome. We also have we are required to have that. And what is that one? That is about how you place a baby again when they go to sleep. Um, unfortunately, sudden infant death syndrome. There's no rhyme or reason to why babies pass or die in their sleep. So there's been research about how you should have a baby sleep. Um, you don't really want them face down because back in the day, mattresses were not as safe and secure as they are now. So they were like, breathe, they were breathing in like not bad air, but bad air mm-hmm. from the mattress. So for a while there, we always put our babies on our back. And then there was research saying you should put the babies on their side. And then there was... But if they're on their back, they're going to choke. And God forbid they throw up in the middle of the night and they can't roll over, they're going to choke. So then it was on their stomachs again. And unfortunately, there's probably not an exact true answer to that question. But Mm -hmm. according to the sudden infant death syndrome people, they're better off on their back. That's how I would assume they would sleep. Yeah, they're better off on their back. With no blankets, no nothing in there. Like you shouldn't be you shouldn't be putting a blanket on your baby. So you're supposed to like burrito them. <clears throat> yes, infant little little babies, they have what's called swaddles. So it's like, it's almost like a pajamas, but it swaddles them, and it does look like they're in a little burrito. Yeah. Um, but or they're not supposed like, to sleep with that. They can, um, and then there's what, like a blanket bag, so you kind of like put the little baby in there. So again, it zippers up, and it looks like pajamas. So that it's not gonna, <clears throat> nothing's gonna cover them in the middle of the night. Because mm-hmm. if you have a blanket, it could cover them in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said that your part is training the new teachers on the curriculum. How far in advance do they get the curriculum to then? Well, I guess, do your teachers have to plan like room decorations, or are they not allowed to do that? And are they planning the games? to go with that curriculum or is that you they can they're they're in charge of their own room so they do um 
they have bulletin boards and stuff like that that they create for their classrooms mm -hmm. and how they want to have, I don't want to say decorate because decorate really isn't the word, but how they want to enhance. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but no, they, the curriculum, they just, again, they enhance it. So if they want to, if they have a sensory table and there's water in it and the curriculum calls out for animals in the water, they can add the bubbles to it to make it, you know, washing the animals or maybe they'll add rocks to it or cups to it or spoons to it. So it's a pouring activity and not just water. Mm -hmm. So they can take activities and they can build off of them. How far in advance do they get to know what's coming up so they can plan for that? A month. Do you think that's enough time? Yeah. To like get toys and decorations? How long does it usually take you to get them supplies if they ask for it? Um, we like to at least a week so we have a time <clears throat> excuse me, to get do everything. Water? No, thank you. Okay. Keep going. So about a week. <laughs> Anything that they need primarily, it's in the center. Like if they want to make a game, if they want to make something, we primarily have it in the center, and it's not that difficult to get, but it would probably take about a week, because unfortunately, I, you know, I can order things, but it's how fast the stores can get it to me. You just don't go to, like, Walmart? Um, it'll depend on what it is. If it's something quick, yeah, we may just run to Michael's or something like that, but if it's a larger... Uh, a larger supply list we just order it what's your favorite part of your job uh, I do enjoy the training part of it talking about childcare helping child development helping the teachers understand that this age should be doing this and this age should be doing this and here's some ideas I personally always loved when I was a preschool teacher making enhancements making different games and I like when I can help the newer teachers do those things and see those things. What's your least favorite part? Probably... Um, I'm learning the computer part of it. I'm old school in the sense that I like... It's not old school, you're just old. <laughs> I'm old school, <laughs> so I like... Uh, the paper part of it where it's a very paperless world now yeah so I'm learning that and I'm figuring it out and I'm moving along but that probably would be the least I enjoy being in the classrooms I enjoy helping the teachers you know figure things out and see how they're the curriculum part of it enhancing everything mm -hmm. are you are you qualified slash is your position able to move up to be an assistant director or a director? Yes. <clears throat> the degree I have, I am qualified to be a center director. Would anyone in your position be able to do that, or is it just your education background that you're able to? If you have an associate's degree in early child, well, I would imagine an early child. No, I shouldn't say that. If you have an associate's degree mm -hmm. and you have enough early childhood education classes, you're a lead teacher. Because ultimately you can have a degree in, you can have a bachelor's degree in anything. And if you have, because you only need, you need so many general eds and then you need so many child development classes. Mm -hmm. So whatever the general eds are, nobody cares. It's what the child development classes are. So I just have enough child development classes to be lead teacher qualified. And then I personally took 
more classes to be director qualified. So a teacher and a director are different requirements. Yeah. Okay, so you can be a director or assistant director, but most likely people in your position don't. The teacher, yeah, they would have to. They would have had to have taken more classes. Yeah. To be a center director. Mm-hmm. What? What? I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. That's fancier than thing. What thing? In your past work experience, would you say most prepared you for your job now? What is that word? Do you know what word I'm trying to say? In place of thing? No. What activity? What? Well, I personally always... Event? What event? Yes. What event? What event? No. Uh, I personally always knew I wanted to work with children. I've been in the field since I was 18. So since I was of age to work in a child care center, that's where I worked. Mm-hmm. I've always known that I liked... I wanted to be a teacher in early childhood education. So I don't know if it was just an event. I mean, when I was in high school, I took the child development classes, so maybe it was that. I don't really know. Um, but I always knew I wanted to teach early child education. So I started off as an assistant teacher. I've been a lead teacher. I've been a teacher with all different ages in the preschool setting. Mm-hmm. I've been an assistant director. I've been a center director. I've done all the jobs that you can have in a child development mm-hmm. facility. Which one was your favorite? This one. I like being the education coach. What's your favorite age group? Preschool. True preschool. Like four and fives. Why? Because uh, it's just fun. I enjoy teaching them and seeing, truly seeing them like understand. Like just knowing the fact that you know, they're cutting their fine motor skills, watching their fine motor skills develop and watching them learn how to write their names and letters and all that for the first time and just knowing mm-hmm. I help them do that. What's your least favorite? Age? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, it's, I, don't like, I don't like to use the word least favorite, but if there was a room like that I could, would probably be toddlers. Fine, how about this? What's your last? I already said it. What's your last favorite? Last favorite is <laughs> toddlers. <laughs> toddlers. Why? Why are they your last favorite? I'm a little OCD, and I like things a little certain way. Wait, I have a you said amount. you're a little. <laughs> I have a small amount of OCD in me. Me too. And <laughs> <laughs> the fact that those toddlers will just dump things, which is age appropriate. That's what they should be doing. That's how they, that's just what they do. They're, they're toddlers. They just dump and go, dump and go. And that, you know, I have some issues with that. You're not chill like me. I'm not chill when it comes to <laughs> dumping bins. So I no, am very chill. So that would not bother me. Then you should be a toddler teacher. Except I really like talking. So that's why I have my podcasts. Yes. Well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of talking to them because, again, you're teaching them mm-hmm. how to talk. Not the talking that I like. They're just not talking back so much. The beginning. So I would just be talking to myself all day. To them, to yourself, but yes. I'll stick with this. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> what is an uncommon fact about your industry or just something that a lot of people don't know? 
or something that people might find surprising. Yeah, I have no idea. I still don't know the answer to that. You had time to think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, How early does your building open before children actually show up? uh, We open at 6.30. But what time do kids show up? 6.30. So the first employee is getting there at 6.30. Well, they usually come at like 6.25. Okay, that's not interesting. Maybe it takes really long to, like, prepare, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, no, because, again, all you ever really need to do is walk in and take the chairs down and open the room. Okay. easily do that. Is there something that you can say, like, if I was a parent going to get daycare, is there something I could say to get, like, a discount or make my daycare cheaper? Um, It just depends. Some... Like, is there a way to negotiate the pricing? Oh, no. There's no negotiating the pricing. Some companies will pair up with the child care center, and they may have corporation discounts, and that is something that you would have to ask where you work. Oh, so my job could have... Yeah, your job. Like, maybe like Allstate, or maybe like uh, another big corporation. I don't know, maybe WeatherTech, or somebody has paired up with a facility... And they'll get a child care discount. Mm. It just kind of depends on the company. But it's not the child care facilities. It's so I can't their go company. in and say I'm really broke, but watch my kid. They won't. There is state funding for that. So state funding has, is for low-income families. And they'll pay a partial amount of the child care fees. And then the rest of it, the parents usually have to pay for that's good to know, but that's not really what I was looking for. Um, okay, what other little... Another fun fact, I don't really... Maybe um, each particular center could be different. Some corporations have a centralized kitchen, and they get their food delivered to them. And some child care centers have a kitchen where they are physically making the food in the building. An interesting fact is, at least from what I understand, most child care facilities do not have a stove. So it's interesting for the cook to have to cook everything without a stove. How do they make noodles? They microwave them. Yum. (laughs) They microwave them. Yum. In, like, bulk. Because there's lots of kids. Yes. They'll put them in a big thing. And I think it's more, I, should, I think it's not like a microwave, but it's like a, it's like a microwave-y kind of little oven They have an oven, yeah. Just Conventional no, oven. Just no stove because of the fire. Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. I've never worked in a facility with a stove. Mm. Would you eat microwave noodles? Yes, I do. I, they're very good. You eat them? Well, they're not like microwave, microwave. You have like, it's not like a microwave, microwave. It's, it's like an industrial microwave. microwave. It's a so microwave. you fill a bowl with water, you put the noodles in, and you... And then you put it in, and you shut the door, and then yeah. you set the little timer for, what is it, like, how long do you think it takes? I don't even know. It has to be a long time. Uh, that I don't know. It's kind of dirty. No. <laughs> it's yummy. Uh, I guess a fun fact is... No, that one was interesting. I'll let you stop with that one. Hmm. 
That is actually really dirty. <laughs> it's not. It's just another way of cooking noodles. It's like putting them in your crock pot. Who puts noodles in a crock pot? You can, they have like lasagna noodles that cook in a crock pot. I guess I've made lasagna soup in a crock pot. But I don't remember if, oh, I didn't make it. You made it. When you made that lasagna soup that one time? Yeah. You put the noodles in the crock pot or you put them on the stove and then you put them in the crock pot. No, I, if there's enough liquid, you can cook the noodle cook in, there. in there. Yeah. Because you'll do that. Something you'll put is... raw noodles in like your frying pan. You just have to have enough liquid in yeah, there. Yeah, but that's different than a microwave. It's the same thing. Just a different form of it. Not to me. It's a different. We're all the same thing. Oven, microwave, all the Instapot, air fryers. It's all the same thing. I wouldn't put noodles in an air fryer. No, because there's no liquid in that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. It's different. The air fryer is different. Yeah. But the Instapot, the Crock-Pot, crock pot. the oven, the stove. Yeah. They're all the same. I don't know about that one. Couldn't be me. I make my own food at work, though, so I'm okay. Anyways, moving on. What would what advice would you give a person looking to get into your position or just the child care industry in general? Um... I would say that if you're seriously thinking about a childcare kind of position like this, you'd need to have a lot of patience, you need to be energetic, you need to have um, more patience. Patience for sure. Yeah. I mean a lot of patience because again you're dealing with children and the thing about kids is they don't know. Like they're different obviously than adults because if an adult does something crazy they know they're doing something crazy. When a child does something, they need to be taught that that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So patience is important. Again, that energy, that in just you have to be able to enjoy the craziness. Because when 16 kids are in front of you and they need to be entertained, you need to entertain them. What's the ratio of students, sorry, students to teachers? Um, it depends on the age. Infants are one adult to four children. Toddlers are one adult to five children. Two-year-olds are one to eight. Three to five-year-olds are one to ten. And school ages one to twenty. Wow. How long have you known that for? Uh, my whole life. You just knew that number? Like that information off the top of your head? I've been in child care for more than 25 years. And it never changed. Wow. Impressive. I wasn't expecting you to name all of them like that. <laughs> and then usually, usually, a room is licensed. So the maximum, depending on how big the room is, usually your max amount of infants are 8 or 12, because you don't want that many. Mm-hmm. Again, your toddler room is probably going to be 10-ish, maybe, maybe 15. Mm-hmm. Two-year-olds are usually only going to be 16. And the rest is usually always going to be 20. Except for school age, it's probably going to be 40. How many kids would you say you have total at your, the place you work? Um, we have <clears throat> around about, I don't know, 100 and, between 170 and 180. Could you name all of them? No. How many do you think you can name? A bunch. Do you have a number? List them. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I could name a lot of them. Yeah, I probably could name 90% of them. Oh, wow. How often do you see them? 
every day. But not every single kid. Yeah, why not? They're there every day. I guess. You just remember all their names? Yeah. You're there with them every day. I guess, but it's not like you're like... I don't imagine you're like having full-on conversations with them every day to like actually remember... To need to remember their names. Yeah, but I see them like when I'm doing other things. Like when I'm doing my paperwork, I'll see their names, their family names. When I'm passing things out, I'll see their names and their family names. Mm. So the kids, I know. Um, yeah, I probably know, I, I would say at least 90%, if not 95. What happened to the other 5% and you just don't like them? No, they, they're maybe newer, and I might just not mm. know them yet. Okay. It's a lot of names. It is. A hunch or something? And you don't even be, like, you're not even, like, their teacher teacher. So that's pretty good to know 95%. Okay, we're going to do some trivia now. Do you have anything else you would like to say about your position while we switch gears? No. Okay. Here we go. Oh, I have another little fun fact if you'd like it. Mm -hmm. We have to do monthly fire and tornado drills. Yeah, go like this for the tornadoes? No. How they go, they, they usually, that is for. Is it, That's a tornado. That was tornado back in grade school. Mm -hmm. No, they go to a designated part of the building that is their tornado area. So like most of it's, so it's like a inner part of the building instead of like an outer part of the building. Mm -hmm. So most of them all go to their bathrooms. Every classroom has a bathroom, so primarily they all go into the bathroom, except for our infant rooms. They go, they put all the kids in the evacuation cribs, and they roll them out of there, and Where's they the go. evacuation crib? The evacuation cribs have wheels, and they're... <laughs> Why would they not have wheels? <laughs> the cribs don't have wheels. The evacuation... No. The evacuation cribs have wheels. The rest of the cribs do not. Yeah, have that wheels. makes sense. Yeah, so they put the kids in the evacuation cribs, uh -huh. and then they roll them out of there, and they go into uh, either the staff room or the staff bathroom because those are in the building. In how the many? Of the building. How many babies fit in each crib? Well, the room they'd be four in each. So they're just like long, and then boom, 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 and then the one they're teacher just, for every four. Yeah, they're just regular cribs. They're not the normal size cribs that you have in your home. Yeah. They're smaller. They're smaller, but they're supposed to fit more babies. Well, it's just because you're not supposed to be in there forever. It's just in an emergency. If there's really a tornado. If there's really an emergency, yes, they will be crammed in there. They can take them out when they get into that room if a baby's no. crying? Well, they can hold the baby, but they yeah. can't put them down on the ground, no. Yeah. Interesting. You guys play that loud sound for the, the fire? The fire, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they'll do the sound so the kids get used to hearing it. So yeah. they'll know what they're listening for. Back to trivia. What is true regarding fire exit information? It should be in written form. It should be kept in a file labeled as emergency procedures. 
It should be in both written and pictorial form, posted near the exits. It should be in pictorial form. Say the question again. What is true regarding fire exit information? Uh, well, above the, I mean, I guess I'm trying to figure out what exactly you're looking for here, but I mean, above every exit is an exit sign. So pictorial, where that's written. I guess it would be written. But we also have a safety binder that is kept in the front that goes over all of our evacuation and our emergency procedures. So that's kept in the front of the building. So if there ever is an emergency, we grab the binder as we're evacuating. So it's written, and then all of our classrooms have a safety bulletin board by their back door. You need to pick one. So both. It's written. You're correct. Why is frequent hand washing important? Children need to keep their hands clean. It is a positive social skill. It keeps germs from spreading or it is the law. Germs from spreading. Final answer? Yes. Yeah, you got it. An open-ended question has one right answer. What does that do, child care? Because we ask open-ended questions. Oh. When we're talking to the children, <laughs> we ask them open-ended questions. Oh, we don't why look at them. English in here. <laughs> we don't. When a child draws something, we don't look at them and say, "Wow, you drew an apple," because. That may not be what it is. We look at the child and we say, tell me about what you drew. Oh, okay. So this is relevant. An open-ended question has one right answer, two answers, no right or wrong answers, or a commonly repeated answer. No right or wrong. It's whatever they want. You ask them what they built, that's what they built. You got it correct. Which one of the following skills is the teacher trying to develop in students using a literacy center where the student matches pictures of objects that begin with the same sound? Okay. Phonics. 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 Letter recognition. Vocabulary. Phonics awareness. Say it again. It's the phone phone phonics. Phonics. Phonemic. Nope. Phonics. Nope. It's phonemic. Phonics awareness. Phonemics. <laughs> Say it again. What was the activity? I already you clicked your answer. It was right. You're good. You're four for ten right now. What is true regarding a developmentality appropriate group time? I need to stop doing these because I cannot read. <laughs> what is true regarding a developmentality? Developmental? Developmentality. Developmentally. Okay, go ahead. Just read it. Developmentally. Developmentally appropriate. That's what I'm saying. It only lasts a short time. It permits children to leave if they wish. 
It gets all the children actively involved or all of the above. Say it again. Circle time? I can't. (laughs) Circle time? Is that what you asked? What is true regarding a developmentally appropriate group time? Group time is, say the choices again. It only lasts a short time. It permits children to leave if they wish. It only gets the children actively involved. It only? It, it gets the children actively involved. Or all of the above. It probably says all of the above. What is it actually supposed to be? I, I personally, when I sit and have a group time, I wouldn't, I don't let the kids just come and go. When it's group time, it's group time. Everybody needs to come and sit. But it probably says it's all of the above. Yeah. Which one of the following areas does not have a CDA credential? School age, preschool, home child care, or infant? Which one does not have it? Yeah. School age. Does that just mean like rules? CDA is a, pro- is a program that, uh, that gets you teacher qualified. It's a certificate that you earn on the computer. So you take online classes and you can become a CDA certified. And that means you, makes you a lead teacher. But you wouldn't be a lead teacher in the... Oh, for like the school For age. the school age program. I was going to say, they still need education. Like, if you're going to be a teacher at a school, but that makes sense. You got 9 out of 10. You passed the CDA practice test. Look at me go. I'll show the audience. Oh, there it is. She passed. Congratulations. I'm certified. You, you are certified. <laughs> Hopefully you've been certified. Hopefully. Well, this was just a practice test, so you're really still not certified. That's okay. Because this is just a practice. But, do you have anything else you would like to say? No. This was fun. Thank you for coming on Younger Dumb. Appreciate it. And enjoy your microwaved noodles. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Younger Dumb. I hope you enjoyed the subject and learned something new. Make sure to follow my podcast for more interesting conversations. And remember, be happy and be chill.